spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Way to go, Fight. You mean you're telling me there's a song that has the words Little Rock in it that is not by Grand Funk Railroad? I thought, I didn't realize that that could actually be a thing. Reba, coming no in No sweet, clutch. sweet Connie in that song, hmm? No. Let's talk with voice of the Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett, here on Halftime. Chuck, how you doing today, man? It's game week. Fired up about it. I know. It's hard to believe it's here. I mean, I can remember when it was 100 days out. It seemed like forever. And now we're, what, four? We're down to four. Is that right? Jerry is right. <laughs> Quinn Grovey. Quinn Grovey. I'm contractually obligated to mention Quinn Grovey every time number four comes up. He makes, I'm so, sure uh, Quinn is not listening right now. I'll just text him and be like, yeah, Chuck mentioned you. It's okay. You don't have to yell at him today. Um, That's right. I heard you talk a little bit about Western Carolina on your latest Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast that came out yesterday. Next one comes out tomorrow. Um, sounds like uh, sounds like you're going to see a team that comes in that's going to chuck the ball around the yard a lot, and they would do that even if they were leading. So you're gonna, I don't know if you say the defense will be tested, but we're going to see this secondary put into work. You know, I sort of think when we get to the end of the season, Western Carolina is going to have won eight, nine, ten ball games. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, they are physically equipped to beat an SEC team, but I think within their division, within their conference, Southern Conference, I, I think they'll do very well. Um, I like Kerwin Bell. I mean, I kind of pull for the old guys anyway. He's about my age group, so I kind of pull for him. Um, I like what they do. I suspect we're going to see a team with small guys and big hearts, and uh, they'll do the best they can, and Arkansas should win the battle of physical attrition. They should dominate them. When you look at the heights and weights and all that stuff on the lines of scrimmage, um, there's a decided advantage for Arkansas there. But, you know, their little receivers have caught a lot of passes, and they've got a running back that's 5'8", that was the consensus freshman of the year in their conference last year. And um, They've got a quarterback that's transferred in from Harvard that Threw for a lot of touchdowns up there, not many interceptions. And so, you know, they feel like they're going to be pretty good. And um, last year they gave up a lot of points, and they may again this year, but it looks like they're equipped to score a lot too. Chuck, when you look at this defensive side of the ball, um, are, are you uh, looking forward to how, how these D-backs tackle in space? I know you bring up these receivers, and, and then also how the D-line kind of puts a little pressure on the quarterback. You know, I think tackling in space is going to be a big deal. Um, you know, when you play a team like this, it seems like it's, you know, they, they, they I'm, I'm sure they're going to do a lot of the quick game. Um, I'm sure that they want their quarterback to get rid of the ball in a hurry. And there probably will be a lot of screens, a lot of bubble screens, a lot of things like that. And 
Um, they're going to try to make you tackle in space because if it turns into a, you know, a war at the line of scrimmage with a five or six step drop, they're not going to win that. But in the quick game, you know, if they can break a tackle, I'm sure that's 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 what they've got in mind. But you know, I think Arkansas is going to have a chance to pick off some passes. There's going to be a lot of balls in the air, and um, I'm pretty certain their quarterback, whoever he is, whichever one they go with, we may see two. Um, I'm sure he's going to be very aware that his offensive line is facing a pretty stiff challenge. Chuck, I was looking all throughout this depth chart here. There's a name on the depth chart that I haven't heard very much of. Everybody, I else, know where you're going. Davion Dozier, four-star prospect uh, uh, from Alabama, wide receiver. I had not heard anything about him. What do you know about Davion Dozier? He's a guy they talked about early in camp. And I think the assumption was, with all these other receivers that they have, that no matter how good a freshman is, he's probably not going to, you know, crack the rotation. Um, and after hearing about him for a little bit, you didn't hear about him a whole lot more. He kind of, you know, slipped into the woodwork, so to speak. And then all of a sudden you look at the depth chart and there he is. And part of that, I think, is the product of just people not seeing that much practice. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you another name that jumped out at me. Francis Sherman. Yeah. You know? Guy from Louisville. We've talked about Oz and Bax and Washington and Gums. We've not talked a lot about this guy. And there he is, number two on the depth chart. I think Bax is still nicked up, I guess, from what I understand. But, um, you know, there were some, I don't know that surprise is the right word, but, you know, maybe it is the right word. Yeah, because, I mean, we're waiting around for this for basically months. You know, we focus on, on what might be position battles at the start of, uh, at the start of camp, but it's just, it's, it just hits you when there's a name that you haven't heard about. But as far as tight end goes, if you're not on the two deep, that doesn't mean you're not going to play. Like, this, this is a position where they got five or six that are going to get out there. I was going to say, were you surprised you didn't see Washington's name? Uh, yeah. Maybe, well, maybe. So what do you bit. think? You know, maybe a little bit, but I think he'll play. I mean, you know, I think, again, I mean, sounds like we're going to see, well, personnel. We're going to see two tight ends a good bit. So I would think that four or five would play before it's over. Maybe not in this game, but before it's over, I mean, by the end of the season. Does that say, I mean, how good can this group of tight ends be, you think, and you got a true freshman leading the line? Oh, I think um, – I think Haas, from what I understand, is just, I mean, he's uncommonly gifted. And if you're going to throw to the tight end, he's definitely your guy. Evidently, his football IQ is off the charts because you don't start as a freshman without being a really smart football player. Just athleticism alone won't, won't, won't get you that. Um, it's probably helped a little bit, I guess, that you know, maybe Bax has been nicked up and he's not really, you know, he's not been one of their big pass catchers, you know. Um, Washington caught that pass in the bowl game, but it's not like he'd really been an integral part of things going down the stretch. I mean, he got pressed into duty and responded, you know, to his credit. And, um, you know, Gums is a guy that, I mean, boy, he fits the physical bill, but, you know, just from the outside looking in, you have to wonder, you know, is he going to be a guy who's, you know, gets the ball into his hands? I don't know. Um, so, 
there's different guys that bring different things to the table there, but I think all of them are going to play. Chuck, I do have uh, eventually a couple quarterback questions about e- either be uh, Jim Harbaugh, uh, Trey Lance, but I, I want to ask you first about Jacoby Criswell, about the backup here with, with KJ. Uh, are you excited to see him play, and what should fans you know expect when he gets out there? Well, he's a big kid, strong arm. I mean, he can throw it a mile, and um, he can you know he can move. He's not a guy that's by any stretch a robot. I don't know that he's quite the runner KJ is, but I wouldn't say that he can't beat you with his legs just like he can with his arm. Um, you know, I don't know how much we see him Saturday. There's, there, there's, there's two schools of thought. I mean, obviously you'd love to have this thing comfortably in hand at some point. By the same token, um, you want your regulars to get as many reps against another team as they can. Now, if there comes a point where you feel like that, you know, hey, we, we can do a better job in, in practice defending our first unit than these guys can. So, you know, let's put our second team in. I don't know if that happens. I don't know what they're thinking. Is, but I would think that we would see him at some point Saturday. You know, A.J.'s got to stay healthy for this team to be as good as they can be. There's no doubt. And we are not going to be in a two-quarterback system. We are not going to have that happen. We're going to be one quarterback, and it's number one. And, um, you know, the truth is that Arkansas is going to be better this year if K.J. can't play than they were in that spot a year ago. There's no doubt. Maybe good enough to win some games if it's an extended absence. But um, we need K.J. to be healthy all year long for this team to go as far as they can. Coach Nutt used to like, um, he, he would like, if, so your game like this, you're going into it, obviously you're preparing for the whole game, and, but you want the starters to come back and go at least one or two series in that third quarter, and hopefully that's when you got it wrapped up by then because you want to get used to going in at halftime and then coming back out uh, and, and starting the third quarter. I agree with that. Um, I think that's that's part of the part of the preparation because – I don't know what Kent State's going to have. It sounds like they're rebuilding, and and, uh, I know they're a big underdog at UCF this weekend. I don't know anything more than that. Um, Brigham Young will be better than that, and obviously when you go to Baton Rouge, it's going to be as good as you play. So, um, yeah, you want those guys to go through halftime, and you want them to come out in the third quarter and not just go through the motions uh, because certainly by that fourth week, um, it's going to be decided in large part in the second half. You better hope it is, because you're probably not going to go down there and blow them out in the first half in Baton Rouge. And if it's over by halftime, it's probably going the other way. So you're going to have to play a second-half game down there, and you probably will against BYU even in Fayetteville. Chuck, you probably remember Kerwin Bell as the Florida quarterback. I, I I never got a chance to watch him. I had to go back and just read up on his career. This guy's had a really interesting career before he even got into coaching. I mean, he's he's one of the great quarterbacks in University of Florida history. He won SEC Player of the Year. He dabbled in the NFL. He actually has the highest passer rating in NFL history for anybody who's thrown more than one pass in his career. And and then you know he's won a Division two now. National championship. This is a unique guy who's leading Western Carolina. Well, it's obviously been a football life for Kerwood Bell. Um, you know, as I said a little earlier, I, I kind of pulled for these guys. He's about in my age group. I do remember when he played for Florida. I'm not going to say I followed his career as a pro 
wasn't a spectacular career. He played in the NFL and CFL and even played in the World League of American Football for a little while. So but it's been a football life. And, you know, his son's the offensive coordinator. And so, you know, what they run is, I mean, that's kind of their family offense. And um, I'm sure they've talked about it their whole lives. So their first year they were four and seven. Last year they were six and five. As you mentioned, he won a D2 title at Valdosta State. I don't care what level it is. They don't pass those out. So he's building there. And that's why I say um, I think when we look back, you know, in November, that Western Carolina is going to be, for their division, one of the better teams in the country. You look at his roster. It is loaded with Florida kids. Five, eight, five, nine, five, ten kids from it. You know, they're all fast, they're all quick. Um, you know, it's it's um, it's a unique setting, I'm sure, in the Smoky Mountains compared to what a lot of these, where they come from. But um, he's got them there. I would say half his roster is Florida kids, maybe more. So um, they're going to throw that ball, they're going to score some points, and both fans are going to play a lot. It's kind of been that way uh, the first couple of years he's been there. Yeah, he's from um, he's he's from Live Oak, Florida, and that is the hometown of starting right guard Josh Braun. So, yeah. so they, these, these guys know a little bit, maybe you know, maybe of the same people, although they're probably more like forty years apart. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Juanita's two thousand two. That'd be the only time I ever met uh, sweet sweet Connie. And someone was like, "See who that is right there? That sweet sweet Connie." I'm like, "Wait a minute, that's a real person? Yeah, it's a real person. She just passed away a couple years ago. She was legendary. She was the real thing. So is Chuck Barrett, voice of the Razorbacks, with us for another segment here on halftime. Uh, Chuck. Jim Harbaugh made some pretty interesting comments yesterday, and whether or not you might think that he's trying to, uh, you know, change the story of his self-imposed suspension and whatever may happen in the future, um, he, he's definitely talking about something that is a topic around college sports revenue sharing uh, in the sport, specifically college football. And Hunter Juracek recently came out against that very idea. Um, I wonder, you know. This is obviously something that people feel very passionate about on both sides. Well, they do. And I don't know what the solution's ultimately going to be. I think both sides make great points, to be perfectly honest. Um, 
I think Hunter's right when he says that the future of the non-revenue sports would be at stake, certainly affected, if there was widespread revenue sharing. On the other hand, um, how can there not be when you look at all the hundreds of millions of dollars? And, you know, there are so many layers in athletic departments now as opposed to even 20 years ago. The money that's being spent on salaries within the building. I'm not talking about coaches. I'm just talking about within the building. is enormous um, all over America now, and it takes a lot of money to fund that. And um, When these kids see that, they're going to want their share of the pie, and they're empowered like never before. And I think that there's going to have to be, and I think there will be. Um, I think there is going to be some compromise that will include revenue sharing at some point along the way. I just think it's unavoidable. I think if you go to full-blown revenue share, it could affect the other sports. If there's a mechanism in place to keep the other sports operating the way they are now, and that's the big if. I mean, that's a real big if. Because I don't think every school could pull it off. If there's a mechanism that allows that, then I think it becomes at least closer to being fair than it, uh, than it would be otherwise. Um, you know, I, I, I heard a statistic earlier today, just coincidentally, that um, 7% of the kids who play high school football play college athletics at, at, at any level. Division one, all the way down to division whatever, 7%. 3% that play college football play professionally. 3%. Um, so, you know, we tend to focus on the kids that are going pro. And are they entitled to a larger piece of the pie? Well, on one hand, you can say yes. But there's also been a system in place that, you know, financed them when they weren't stars. And finances a lot of kids and a lot of sports that aren't necessarily stars. Uh, and there's not a professional opportunity for them out there. And so when you say it's going to destroy the model of college athletics, that's not an exaggeration. That is what's going to happen. But on the other hand, I don't know that you're going to find a court that agrees with the idea that revenue sharing's wrong. I, I, I just... I don't know that that's going to happen. I'm I'm just not real optimistic in that area, frankly. Do you think there's like a the NCA becomes like a union, um, or are there's a, a thing that I mean? What do you see the state of college football in the next ten years? Are they going to break away where football is kind of its own entity? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm not one of those who can say with any degree of authority. Here's what I think is going to happen, but I do believe there's going to be some revenue sharing down the road. I do believe that. What I hope is that the current model of the non-revenue sports can remain intact. That may be wishful thinking. I mean, it may not be able to happen. I don't know. But um, it sure sounds like we're moving much closer to, you know, what would be classified as revenue sharing than maybe what it is now. And in some respects, it's revenue sharing already, but, but not to the full extent. 
Chuck, do you see those those Dallas Cowboys? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if you kind of have a plan uh, for Trey Lance. I was going to kind of get your thoughts on, on that move. Is that a good value pick at least? I mean, maybe you can move him later. Maybe you can have some type of, type of pa- package deal. You remember how the Saints did with Taysom Hill where they, they kind of had – it's not necessarily a wildcat, but you have about six, seven, eight plays that, that maybe he does well. Uh, how are you feeling about your Dallas Cowboys? Well, I don't think there's any play they could call for Trey Lance that Dak Prescott couldn't run better. Uh, and, and, and I don't think Dak's a world beater. Um, I don't really get the fuss over this. I mean, to me, they, um, you know, Trey Lance, respectfully, I mean, he's been a bust. I mean, San Francisco made one of the worst trades in NFL history to get him, and he didn't amount to anything. And so... I'm sure that, you know, I heard what Jerry said about him, and you wouldn't expect him to say anything but great things about him after they just traded for him, but I think they're smart enough to know. I mean, Trey Lance is their starting quarterback. I mean, thank God for the Redskins, because that's all it's going to see, keep him out of the cellar. So, um, this team's going to sink or swim with Dak. I mean, if they're pinning any kind of hopes on Trey Lance, then they're in trouble. It 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 is it, it is the great the worst trade in, in NFL history, isn't it? The John Lynch. They don't talk about that. They talk about his good things, but yeah, that was uh, that was that, a weird deal when they did it. Yeah. That rival uh, it rivals Herschel Walker for seven picks from the Vikings. Which would you say was worse? It's like why would you take him? What did you take him fourth overall when you could have got him in the second round? You know, it's like what was your what was your thinking? Well, you know, everybody makes a mistake, and John Lynch probably made more smart decisions than dumb ones. But but that was a dumb. One. No, I mean, you just got to own that one. And he made some good moves, and they've had success as a franchise. And here's the thing. I, I mean, Matt, you might be able to speak to this better than any of us, but, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's no dummy. I mean, what could Kyle Shanahan not get out of Trey Lance that somebody like Mike McCarthy is? I mean, what am I missing there? Kyle Shanahan was uh, he was my receiver coach at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he comes from a football family. He we we watched a lot of film together that week. Uh, he he loves ball. That's what I get, gathered from him. I, I we that was uh, my interaction with him. Uh, and he's he does seem to have a way with quarterbacks. It, it's almost uh, kind of like a Jim Harbaugh. There's just certain Josh Heupel. There's just certain uh, Chuck Long. You know, there's certain quarterback coaches or guys Frank Wright that you want to go play for. And he seems he seems like one of those. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but obviously he just, you know, he got beat out. Hey Chuck, what uh did you see uh Zach Zach Johnson's uh Ryder Cup picks and I saw Brooks I thought Brooksy should be on there, uh especially with everything that went down, but I was going to get your thoughts on on the Ryder Cup if you saw any of that. You know, I've not seen it to be perfectly honest with you. You're breaking news to me there. It's kept going on it. Kepka, Ricky, Sam Burns, Jordan Spieth, Colin Marka, and Justin Thomas were the captain's pick. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good group right there. I, I wouldn't I, argue with that. I, see, I thought Lucas Glover over JT, but I guess they're going with the, the experience and a captain's pick. You know how many how many rounds are you really asking Thomas to play? Well, there's some theater involved in this too. And, right. You know, this is a star-studded event, and um, hey, Lucas Glover is a really good player. I mean, I'm not knocking Lucas Glover, but um, you know, this is an all-star team, and. Hey, there's some big fights that have to be made if you're going to win the Ryder Cup. And I wouldn't argue with going with the experienced guys. 
I, I think you're right, and I think, you know, Spieth and Fowler and Thomas are all buddies. Like, so I think there's something to be said about that, of having your buddy along as well. Chuck, where does the Ryder Cup sit for you in terms of enjoyment, importance on the golf calendar? You know, I've got to admit, and I hate to say this, it, it, it's not up there for me. Um, I view golf as an individual sport. It's one of the reasons, you know, Let's remove all the Saudi stuff with live for a minute. That's just not that's not the kind of golf I prefer. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just not my thing. Um, I view golf as an international game. You know, Tiger was probably my all-time favorite, but it wasn't necessarily because he was an American. Um, I like Rory McIlroy a lot now. He's my favorite. But I don't think about the fact that he's not from the United States. Um... I mean, I want the U.S. to win. I'm pulling for the U.S., but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna watch it like I would the Masters or the U.S. Open or or even the British. Um, but I hope we win. How, how does do you know how is Victor Hovland going to be on the the European team? How does the European team work? You know, because the Presidents Cup. I, yeah, I didn't I didn't know how our team works. I sure don't know how I, their team works, but. I would imagine he is based on the way he's played. Oh, my I goodness. I can't imagine he wouldn't be. Man, he can strike the ball. Matt Jones. It's amazing. Worker. You look at some of these young guys. Some of them are from the United States. Some of them are from abroad. But, I mean, these kids can just – it's unbelievable how they strike the ball. And, um, you know, they all grew up watching Tiger. And they're all young kids, and they're still strong, and they uh, – I mean, they can play. It's incredible to watch them. And, you know, sometimes you watch a, a Major League Baseball game or an NFL game and, or an NBA game, and it's not until you really see them up close that you realize how young they are. I mean, Victor Hovland doesn't even look like he's shaved. 25, and, I think, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and what, what are these guys, like 23? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, they're out there just setting the world on fire. Good for them. Chuck, looking forward to Saturday, man. I'll see you. I know. See you Friday night. Can't wait. Football season's here. Great. Look forward to it. Can't wait to get to the rock. Thanks, Chuck. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. They have everything you need this summer at Eastside Liquor, such as Evan Williams flavored whiskey, soda jerk root beer or orange cream shots, Appalachian sipping cream liqueur, and more. A new law in Arkansas now allows the sale of single 50 milliliter bottles as well. Eastside Liquor, located at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Stop in or swing by the drive-thru and see Dave and his team today. I was looking at uh, Twitter here as we bring on Alyssa Orange, the one and only from Patreon Nation. I just went to her Twitter feed so I could see what it is. 
that she was interested in, and she retweeted <laughs> Jeremy Fowler, who reports that Matt Landers Hello? was waived by the Seahawks today. That's a bummer. Alyssa, good to hear from you. Hello? Hey, Hello? Hey, hey, Alyssa. I got hey, you. Hey. Hi. Sorry. Uh, All I heard was Alyssa's Twitter feed, and then I got scared. Yeah, we got you, but it's bummer of bummer news. Matt Landers waived by the Seahawks. You know, Today is cut day in the NFL. Well, he, and this is his rookie year. Sometimes they'll get picked. Maybe a practice squad pickup. Yeah. Tough to make the squad as an undrafted free agent. Oh, Matt Landers. Cut day in the NFL. Matt Landers is. We had a few other, a uh, few other Razorbacks that we're waiting on uh, to uh, to see whether or not they make the team. But man, I thought Landers might have a chance. He did score the Seahawks' first touchdown uh, in the preseason. Alyssa, hey, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on the two deep. Were there any surprises there on the two deep? You know, for me, I think uh, looking at the the depth charts, um, I don't necessarily know surprises. Um, obviously, the first thing my eyes went to was the wide receivers and who's where. And, and seeing Isaiah Satenia or a Jaden Wilson um, is exciting because we've talked a lot about the guys who have transferred in the height. Um, and the, the length and the athleticism of uh, Andrew Armstrong and then just the freak of talent that is Isaac Tesla. But don't forget about um, Isaiah Satenia and Jaden Wilson who have been on this campus and have really paid their due. So excited to see those. Um, Luke Haas was pretty much a no-brainer at the tight end as a freshman. I think he's going to be special. Um, and then you look over maybe the – maybe – a surprise would have been Devin Manuel, and it's Andrew Chambly or Devin Manuel, but Devin Manuel's been hurt, and so given Andrew Cham- uh, Andrew Chambly an opportunity to, to be in that mix on the offensive line, not necessarily a surprise, uh, but it would have been Devin Manuel's job by himself had it not um, had he not had a little bit of an injury during fall camp. Well, we'll see them both anyway on Saturday, and I, you know, I wonder if that'll have anything to do on who starts the next week. But that—that that is the one position on the offensive line that still I, feels I can't hear Phil. It like feels, it's up in the air. It yeah, talking. Phil. Phil. Phil was talking. Um, oh, I'm sorry. For some reason, you're not coming through, Phil. Well, you can ask the question for me. We, oh, we can, there you are. There, now, you. now he's on. Hey, I'm in again. Out. I'm out again. Hey. This is a very interesting. We're good. We're good. We're all so good. Unusual. Yeah. All I, all I said is we, we got a couple of left tackles that are going to be playing. That, that's what I get from this, is that you haven't, yeah. you haven't been able to make a choice on one or the other because one's not been available. And the other guy, I think, I think it sounds to me like Shambly surprised them with how well he took to uh, filling in with the ones as long as he did. I think so, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, Amari and Harris last year, huge surprise during the bowl game, stepping up and playing um, most of the game against Kansas. And Andrew Chambly is a kid that was highly recruited out of Central Arkansas, and I think he just came up here and wanted to prove himself. And, and sometimes that's hard to do when you've got a lot of older guys ahead of you and they're bringing guys in and you just want to get an opportunity, but that's what Paul came before. And Sam said, if you want to prove yourself, you got to do it now because you're not going to have a whole lot of time to be doing it unless there's an injury during the season. Yeah, and, the, and the, the farther up you go, whether it be high school, college, the pros, uh, the, the biggest ability is availability. And, and when that backup gets in, sometimes, you know, if he doesn't do anything wrong, what, what coaches, coaches like to see what they can see. They like to see you go out there and practice. They like to see game day. Uh, and, and once they see it, then they start to build that trust. They don't want to change. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, look, you know, one of the – the greatest football player of all time and Tom Brady got his opportunity mm-hmm. having to come in mm-hmm. and back up with Drew Bledsoe getting hurt. So you just never know what's going to happen. It might shock you and surprise you, and I'm not at all 
saying that what's happening with Andrew Chamberlain is what happened with Tom Brady. But it, it, that happens all the time in sports where something happens and someone has to fill in and then it's like, oh my gosh, I mean, maybe still something a little bit equivalent is when Peyton um, Stovall got hurt last year and Peyton Holt had to come in and it was like, well, Holt, Holt, what are you going to do if Peyton Stovall comes back because Peyton Holt is killing it at second base? And, you know, what do you do now? Yeah, well, I hope that what happened to Arkansas doesn't happen uh, to the ba- what happened to the baseball team doesn't happen to football because Holt got no. hurt, and it was just like, all right, now no, we got right. guys playing out of position in some cases. Um, but twelve noon kickoff, you know, we've only known this for a little more than twenty four hours. Um, you know, you couldn't do this in Fayetteville for a number of reasons. One. Uh, all the games in Fayetteville are televised on linear TV. You're not moving game times uh, if you're on ESPN or if it's on the Deuce or if it's on SPN. Is this on ESPN Plus? This is a plus broadcast, so you can move it. But I also don't think they would move the game in Fayetteville. Uh, there's something about it being played in Little Rock that to me feels like they, they that different than when you're playing in Fayetteville. And the idea, like, I don't blame Coach Pittman for not wanting to play a night game so that his team doesn't get back at... Uh, at two o'clock in the morning. Otherwise, I think they would have just scheduled a night game. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to be mean, and I hope that no one takes that this way. Um, but I understand a little bit of of what's happening and, and moving the game up. And, and here's the deal: if this game is big for people in Central Arkansas. You got to buy tickets and you got to go to the game. Mm-hmm. And right now, if you're asking about tickets, you're looking about between somewhere between thirty-five thousand and forty thousand tickets being sold to this game. If they play a game in Fayetteville, they could even if it was a non-conference game like this, you could still probably sell around sixty-five thousand tickets. And so it's a ticket thing. So it's really hard to get all up in arms about a game being moved when you haven't sold very many tickets to the game to begin with. Yeah, and most of the complaints I think have to do with tailgating and and changing their tailgating time. Which, truthfully, if you're going to get up uh, and go to a tailgate for a three o'clock game, and let's say you'll ta- your tailgate started at ten in the morning, eleven o'clock in the morning, maybe you went into the game, maybe you didn't. You can still do the same thing. You can still do the same thing just by partying a little bit earlier and not going into the game anyway. Because I know a lot of people. You know where I live. I know a lot of people that are going to the tailgate and don't even have tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I also think, too, like, tailgating is tailgating. And maybe it's just me, but I don't want to wake up and spend all day kind of just, like, anticipating, oh, I can't go out there and tailgate till 4 o'clock. No, I'm ready. I'll wake up. I'm ready to have some breakfast eggs and some football. Like, I'm ready to tailgate right in the morning. Then you got an afternoon to do whatever you want after the football game. So, I mean, tailgating is tailgating. I'd much rather get to the party early. Hey, Alyssa, we, we all know about Luke Hawes, the, the, the freshman that's going to be starting at tight end, and it's it's definitely all you hear about is a lot of portal guys, but but Phil brought this up earlier. I think there's five or six true freshmen in, in this in this two deep. Are there any other true freshmen that you're looking forward to, to watch play on Saturday? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, you know, I think um, I think look that, at Brad Spence with the linebacker. He, he You know, Greer has been hurt. And so he's hopefully going to be coming back from that quad injury. Um, but they've been really high on this Brad Spence kid who is a freshman playing linebacker. And um, I think he, he could be someone that really surprises us at the end of the day, being able to step in um, 
at the SEC level and play that position as a true freshman. You know, you've you've had a long line of true freshmen playing that position. I mean, Bumper pulled at it because Drake Greenlaw had to uh, got hurt and he had to come in, but. Then he became, you know, the bumper pool we know and love. And then even Dre playing as a freshman, which I think surprised a lot of people, too, out of Fayetteville High School uh, right away playing. And when he got here, just had a lot of success. So I, th- I think Brad Spence is going to have some success. You know, I also think that there's no position where I shouldn't say that there are question marks. I think it's more about what, pe- what we saw last year at this position and hoping you don't see the same thing. Safety. Uh, got a text in here from Shane and Van Buren asking about safety depth. Do, does Arkansas have any? Because that's where they got torched last year. I think there is some depth at safety. But there's also, you're getting a couple of, you're getting, pl- this is where there are like more returners. Hudson Clark, Jaden Johnson, uh, Malik Chavez. You know, I know Al Walcott mm-hmm. will start at safety, but the other three, those are guys that played that position last year. And hoping to improve, uh, but I do think that they've brought in some depth at that position. I like who they've brought in. Yeah, and and that's what they needed. They needed to bring in that kind of depth, and um, even Malik Chavez last year, who was playing a little bit more corner because of the injury, is finally back to the position um, that he's most comfortable with and being in the safety. So now you just have guys in a spot that they're comfortable with and ready to play, and then you bring in like Walcott and you bring in some guys who you know are going to be able to just elevate that room immediately on top of you know what they're trying to do with Marcus Woodson and all those guys. So I think um, there's much more talent. And again, as long as they can stay healthy and not have to just shuffle people around and bring a guy from the wide receiver room over and hope they can help them, uh, they're going to have some success. Again, you can only go up from being 130th in pass defense in the country. So we're looking for improvement there. Alyssa, I do want to ask you about your Miami Dolphins. Uh, do, do you think they're going to make a play? Are they going to be? Are, is what, what are the Colts doing with Jonathan Taylor? Because I think he'd be a great fit down there in Miami. I, I don't know. What the, I think the Colts are playing hardball. I know that those conversations aren't over. Um, they they got to bring somebody in to help that running back room. And I, I'm just going to be honest with you, Matt. I am still heartbroken that Dalvin Cook is with the mm-hmm, Jets. Mm-hmm. Not only is it another AFC East team, and he should have been in Miami, that I haven't had a Dolphins player who is also an FSU alum in a really long time. And then I got Jalen Ramsey, and then he gets hurt. And I was like, oh, Dalvin Cook's going to do it again. And Sure enough, he's not. So I'm just still, like, bitter and heartbroken over that mess. And uh, hopefully Miami gets it together. I, I trust those guys. I, I know they know what they're doing. But it'd be nice to have something settled in. So, uh, Alyssa, what was it like for you for the two years that J.D. Drew played for the Dodgers, being a Florida State Seminole with your favorite baseball team? It was a lot of fun. And uh, I, I love being able to kind of have that dual uh, allegiance. You know, it was heartbreaking for me. I was I was in school when Buster Posey was in school and just a phenomenal person. And then he gets drafted by the Giants. And it's like, yeah. well, are you serious? But, uh, but it was cool. That's an ouch. That is most definitely. Yeah, it was hard. Like but, he, but he's retired, and so, like, no more hard feelings. Fine. <laughs> Then they go on and win three World Series, which makes it even better. Uh, thanks a lot for the reminder. Alyssa, thank you. See you at War Memorial on Saturday, okay? 
Looking forward to it, guys. Thank you, Alyssa. Alyssa, Alyssa Orange, we appreciate her uh, company and always enjoy it here on Halftime every Buster, Tuesday. Buster Posey, was is he a, he's not a Hall of Famer, is he? Is he? I he don't was good, yet. though. I mean, he, he just announced solid. his retirement. Five years. I don't think Three titles. Valent Hall of Famer. Yeah. But he was a dominant catcher for a good eight, nine years there. You like? I liked watching him play. Yeah. He's going to be an interesting case. They had Pablo Sandoval out there at third base that one year, too, but then uh, it got weird. Brandon Crawford at shortstop. Lincecum. Boy, was he fun to watch. Yeah. Matt Kane. Yeah. Fall season is just around the corner, and I know all of us are looking for that wholesome, convenient meal. We'll look no further than Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They can help you with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered right to your door. And right now, use the code HTL50. Head to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. That's code HTL50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off thanks to hit that line. The great thing about Factor, over 34 weekly prepared meals that you can choose from. Plus, you don't have to run around to worry about where you're getting lunch. Let Factor take care of it for you. Let me tell you the code one more time to help you get 50% off. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Are you feeling the heat this summer with soaring electric bills? Upgrade your AC system with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric this August and experience the ultimate comfort in your home. This month, receive up to $500 off on attic insulation when you upgrade your AC. That's right, proper attic insulation can significantly reduce your energy bills, keeping your home cooler and more efficient. 
Worried about the cost? We've got you covered. With approved credit, enjoy payments as low as $99 a month. Picture this. Lower energy bills can help you cover the cost of your new system. Now that's a win-win situation. So don't wait. Call Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric now and save with a new AC system and insulation this August. Say goodbye to high electric bills and hello to ultimate comfort. Visit gopascal.com now and schedule your free estimate. With approved credit, exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Professional people, professional service. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. It is time to talk with Bill King from Nashville Sports Radio, the king of college football talk, hosting 6 to 9 on WNSR. And we always appreciate his visits Tuesdays here on Halftime. Good afternoon, Bill, and happy week one. How are you? Hey, guys. Good to be with you. Yeah, man, we're fired up. We're fired up. You remember Kerwin Bell? Uh, he is the head coach of Arkansas's opponent this weekend. Western Carolina is coming in Little Rock for the game, and Bell was a quarterback at Florida for four years, and he's in the Hall of Honor at the University of Florida, and he's had himself, he had himself a pretty interesting career, and he's been a successful head coach. He was a walk-on on top of that. Now, he certainly earned his way, right? But he was a walk-on. Yeah, walk-on that turned himself into a... Uh, Conference player of the year, too. That's that's kind of nuts. Yep. We've, we've kind of had yep. this, this theme bill going already with some portal guys. What was your thoughts on Hartman? Now, and I know Navy's defense isn't the best, but that, that Notre Dame team looks like in, in Hartman, and he was a four-year starter there at Wake Forest, a lot of reps. They, they look like they, they easily going to win nine games this year. He brings 14,000 yards of total offense with him. Wow. From Wake Forest, 14,000 right at the top in history of the ACC. And in a game like that, they didn't run him because they don't need to. That kid can run, too. He can beat you in the running game, too. Now, again, they want to protect him until they just got to have it, like an Ohio State game or later the Clemson game, or they play Southern Cal towards the end, too. But, no, he's he's the best quarterback they've had there since either Brady Quinn or Jimmy Clawson. It's been a while. Deshaun Kaiser was a first-round draft pick about, what, six, seven, eight years ago. To the Browns. Hadn't done anything yeah. Yeah, I hadn't done, done anything, but this kid's better. They're, they're stacked at running back. They've got the best pair of offensive tackles in America. They've got the best offensive lineman in America, their left tackle, Joe Off. And they have a receiving core that they did not have last year. It'll be interesting. Defensively, I thought they really stayed disciplined. Now, Navy's down, and you just mentioned that. Even by their standards, they're down. They don't have a player like Keenan Reynolds, their superstar quarterback, who, by the way, played right here in the city, high school ball. So they're down even by Navy standards and talent. So that was a mismatch. But, yeah, I thought Notre Dame looked solid. I agree. What would you think of Southern Cal? You know, obviously Williams looked great, and you expect that, but defense was their undoing last year. And, I mean, they won by a heavy margin, but you, you do wonder about whether or not the USC defense can withstand what looks like uh, some, some, pretty, some pretty heavy offenses in the Pac-12 in its last year. Rule of thumb that I have personally is I love to watch those first games but I try not to personally overbloviate about what I saw. Having said that, having qualified it, they don't look like they're fixed on defense. Uh, you know, we need to get three, four, or five games right before we can say for sure Lincoln Riley is going to score a million points and give up just under a million against good teams, probably, right? That's just the way it's been. That's the way it was at Oklahoma. That's the way it's been out there. And um, I don't think that's going to change. 
old-fashioned Big 12 football there for you, huh? Yeah. Yep. Just the yep. way it is. They, yeah, they they got a good receiver from Arizona that uh, I think they were the yep. number one receiver that went out there. Uh, they, 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 yeah, they're going to be solid. Bill, the, the I'm I'm really looking forward to Thursday. I think this is a real matchup. I think it's going to be fun. The Utah lost last year, twenty nine twenty six. You got Utah uh, favored in in this one. Uh, what are your thoughts? Can Utah keep up with the speed? Is Florida Florida had to do a little bit of help in the transfer portal, right? Yeah, and their, their top receiver, Ricky Pearsall, who transferred from Arizona State two years ago, came back, which is good. That's the experience they have at receiver. They've got some young guys they think can help at receiver, but they don't have any experience. Running back ought to be fine for them. And, of course, we've talked a lot about Graham Burks. Defense wasn't very good last year. It's got to get better. But here's the item. We don't know about Cam Rising, their quarterback at Utah, and former Texas quarterback who transferred couple of years ago as a California kid, but we don't know his availability, and they're playing coy with that, which is their prerogative. And that would be the one holdup I would have on that game. Utah should be better. This will be the most physical team that Florida plays other than Georgia all year long, and that'll be a test as well. Now, guys, because of the hurricane coming, they are flying out. They might have already flown out, but they're flying out today to go to Texas. And then Wednesday, Florida flies from Texas out to Salt Lake City. So their, their travel plans change a little bit, too. Yeah, that's just odd. It's, it feels like uh, an NFL team getting out of the way uh, in this case. Right. Um, Florida State LSU this next Saturday, Sunday. Best game of the weekend, no doubt. I think all across the country. Uh, LSU will not have Mason Smith uh, at tackle, so we'll learn a little bit about their depth at, uh, at defensive tackle at the very start. Where do you think LSU, if at all, is deficient anywhere? Well, first of all, they got a very experienced excellent quarterback in Jaden Daniels who's a dual threat. Can hurt you either way, big time. Receiving core ought to be a problem for Florida State's secondary and vice versa. Florida State has maybe the stoutest D-line in America with Jed Burse, who would have been a first-round pick a year ago. Braden Fisk, the defensive lineman in the portal that everybody in America wanted. And the other players that they have up there, they are thick and they are stout and they can rotate defensive linemen. That might be a difference in that ball game. It's going to be a hot Sunday night, real hot. People are going to need their IVs and everything else. It's going to be interesting, guys. It's, it's, I think it's about a pick'em game. LSU's favored by two. I think the secondaries are at a disadvantage both ways. And, and whatever gives there probably will be the difference. You think Daniels can win games with his arm? Because, I, I mean, I've watched him on TV. He's made some impressive passes, but I remember watching him play against Arkansas last year. And, Bill, it was like he was a pitcher throwing a sinker ball. Uh, it didn't look good. Now, I know he's an incredible athlete, and we've seen quarterbacks at LSU transfer in and make a huge jump from first year to second year, thinking Joe Burrow. Yeah. I'm not saying Daniels is yeah. going to make that kind of jump, but can he? I mean, I think he's solid there. I don't think he's going to be an arm talent NFL guy that everybody's dueling over. Nussmeyer behind him is a much more natural passer. And remember, he played, Nussmeyer played incredible against Georgia mm-hmm. when he had to go in there in the SEC championship game. But yeah, I think, I think so. That they are, they got the one diva receiver out of there. He's now a problem for the NFL. The receiving core is really good there. 
I don't think they're particularly special at running back. They're solid at running back. I don't know if they have a home run hitter there. And uh, Florida State does have a home run hitter at, at running back. I Boy, guys, I mean, toss a coin. I'd probably take FSU just because it's Orlando. I know that's not their home, but I'll probably slightly go with them is, is my estimate. A lot of intrigue for Alabama leading into this Middle Tennessee game, and really the intrigue started yesterday because Nick Saban announced he would not be releasing a depth chart and was kind of apologetic to the media about this. Is this all about quarterback? Is this all about whether or not you're going to have Jalen Milrow in there, or, or is this something deeper about the roster that we're just unsure about? I have never, at least since Nick's been at Alabama, heard so much negativity from people about what's been going on in August there, whether it's the quarterback situation, whether it's the receiver situation, on and on and on. Now, again, got to be careful. This is the best it's ever done at Nick Saban. One pet peeve of Nick's, he's got several, is he hates depth chart talk. Mm -hmm. And even in the past when they released a depth chart, if you suggest in a question, something about a depth chart, he goes nuclear. He doesn't like it. It makes it look like he's not in control. Parents get mad because their kid's not starting. They see it on a depth chart on somebody's team site, right? The players don't like it because they're not getting to play according to somebody's depth chart. It, it drives them insane. So I'd say, number one, it's a pet peeve he's had forever. And number two, I think it's a testament that camp right now, there's a lot of question marks. And he didn't want to put something out there. Bill, with uh, Caleb Williams, the, the returning Heisman Trophy winner, I don't know if America, you know, he's going to have to do something special, I think, for him to win back-to-back -back Heisman Trophy. He's not saying that he can't do it. Uh, is this the year a, a non-quarterback kind of like Devontae Adams at Alabama? Could you see Marvin Harrison Jr. winning the Heisman? Give me three guys you think uh, that could win the Heisman this year. Well, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to have the yardage. And, by the way, they named Kyle McCord today. I don't know if that sticks because Devin Brown's considered the better player. He's younger. But Kyle McCord's going to be the quarterback. But that offense, we know, is conducive to putting up tons of yardage. So Marvin Harrison's going to get that, the numbers. They're also going to be a team good enough because you need to be ranked really high to, to win the Heisman. It's possible. I, I would say for a non-quarterback to win it, I'd give you about a 10 15% chance. But you've got Drake May, you've got Sam Hartman, you've got a myriad of quarterbacks who might be in it and might have a chance. And so it's still a long shot for somebody like Devontae Smith. Smitty just had a phenomenal year. But that's such a rarity. We might not see that again for another 30 years. Well, and, and, and speaking of Drake May, a, a game that I'm going to have my eyes on is, is North Carolina, South Carolina, and Charlotte. Uh, and, yeah. and you got a Spencer Rattler who kind of reminds me of a Jeff Garcia type of quarterback. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to, I haven't really seen Drake May uh, play, a, uh, play a lot, but do, do you think North Carolina can beat this South Carolina team? North Carolina doesn't play defense. Now, that's been an issue, so I'm assuming we're going to have a bunch of points, a bunch of guys out in green grass running around with the ball. Drake May is the best way to describe him as the prototypical pro quarterback that you would draw it up you'd sketch it up on a you know on, on a chalkboard he's six five he's 220 pounds he's got a golden arm he has all the throws 
He's got a fastball. He's got a finesse ball. And he's smart. And he's from North Carolina family. Remember, his brother played basketball in North Carolina. It's a true Carolina Blue family. He's a phenomenal player. And, frankly, he may be a better prospect than Caleb Williams. We'll have to, we'll have to see. And we don't need to worry about that right now. But that's how good he is. I'm, I'm guaranteeing you, you're going to be impressed. I mean, yeah, I'm excited to watch him. So, would he kind of be like an Eli Manning, maybe, when you're kind of de- describing him? But I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch him yeah. play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's the size of the Mannings. Yeah, he's, he's right in there. I think he's got a chance to be that kind of player down the road. Now, again, I don't watch much NFL, but obviously that will depend on where he goes, how well he's. Uh, Facilitated with players around him, but in the offense he's in right now with Mac Brown, he can put up a million points. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.